Hey friends, we are your hosts Leanne and Llewellyn and welcome back to the One with Friends podcast. Let's give a round of applause to Llewellyn for hosting it by herself last week. Yay! Wow, thanks. Thank you. (laughs) You did such a good job. Honestly, I was like, you know what? I think all of our listeners probably are going to like Llewellyn better than me. (laughs) You did such a great job. I was like beaming with pride while listening. Also, you and Danielle together, I was rolling <laughs> laughing i was eating lunch in my in the cafeteria of my job and i was out loud laughing and just could not contain my my laughter like it wasn't stifled at all That's i just funny. full-on was just laughing by myself at a, at a table wow um Did people you think you were, were crazy um, I didn't really care to look around a lot. I was like, you know what? If something's making me laugh and making me happy, hopefully it's just contagious. Yeah, that's true. Um, it was so funny. You guys were hilarious. And hopefully our listeners thought so, too. Um, props to you. Well done. It was so good. Um, we did miss you. It made me think, you. like, man, you should host more episodes by yourself. Because <laughs> you did such a good job. <laughs> like, like uh... once, once a quarter or something, we'll have, like, uh, a Llewellyn only episode. <laughs> you could just feature one of our friends and have fun because you did a great job. Thanks, I appreciate it. Um, as feedback for that episode, uh, I have already texted you about this, but I wanted our listeners to know as a follow up that my um, stripper name, <laughs> you guys were, <laughs> you guys were talking about that and. Yes. Um, what is funny is that obviously Chandler said uh, Crystal Chan- uh, Chandelier, which is a perfect stripper name. Oh, so yes. Um, you, me, who was it? Jane and Anne all connected. Gosh, this was probably a year ago now on an episode where it was the four of us. And we talked about a name that I used to use as a little kid. Uh, during like make believe and play, That's I right. would always change my name if we were like playing this playing a game, and my name was Crystal. <laughs> and then I grew up at one point and realized, oh my goodness, like oh my goodness, that's a stripper name. And for those of you that have the name Crystal and are not a stripper, I apologize, but just context, like contextually, I was just like, oh, I now I'm thankful that my parents didn't name me Crystal, but. Um, so Crystal Chandelier would have been actually a perfect name. I could have just absorbed and, yeah, you know, had a different life than I have now. <laughs> <laughs> Very different. Very different. So you gave our listeners, our friends out there, an update last week, right? I did. Our kind of monthly update. Okay. Yeah. Then I'll give mine real quick. Okay. I don't really have a lot to give, I guess. Um, I should have thought about this as we were talking about it. Um, my job is going well. Um, oh, I don't know if I let you guys know this, but I have recently, um, part of my personality is that a lot of the things that I take on in like my personal life have to do with either refinement or personal growth. So books I read, um, hobbies I get into, most of them have to do with bettering myself, making myself a more rounded human being, 
things like that. However, my personality is that one of my chronic stressors is personal refinement. (laughs) So as much as I desire to do it because I want to be a better person, it's also a huge stressor for me that I constantly feel like I have to be refining myself in order for people to love me and accept me and for me to you know present myself to people and I've realized that I do not do a lot of things in my life that are just for fun's sake um, so what I've done recently is I have bought supplies to start oil painting <laughs> okay I gotta be honest um, oil painting is the last yeah. thing I would have thought of what would you have thought I don't know um, anything but that <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay, so here's why I did it. Um, you and I both know somebody who's uh, like a mentor to us. And at one point, she put out a course called The Inspired Life. And she mentioned that in seasons of your life where you're trying to figure out like purpose and things that get you excited, she said, what did you enjoy doing when you were like six years old. I think it was either three or six. Like, what are the things that you dreamed about your life being? What are the what are the things that got you excited about when you were a little kid? And one of the three things that I wanted to be when I grew up was one, a singer. And uh, spoiler alert, I cannot <laughs> sing for the life of me. So I wasn't going to invest any time into doing that because that to me would have felt like personal refinement. <laughs> um, number two, an actor. I am not going to start doing you know improv or anything like that so that was out of the picture for me um and the third thing was an artist I wanted to be an artist and so I thought you know what I loved I loved like coloring and drawing when I was a little kid so why don't I just pick it up and do you know abstract things that don't have a lot of like you know um structure to them just because I'm too much of a perfectionist to be like oh draw me a picture of this specific scene without it being abstract because I would be like way too much of like I'm failing at this because it doesn't look perfect so I decided to pick up oil painting so I bought a French easel which is collapsible and amazing and it can hold a bunch of your paints and brushes and all that stuff in it and then it comes with a palette that kind of slides out that you can use um so for my little tiny baby apartment it works perfectly because it folds up to you know a couple of inches deep and you know about like a foot and a half long maybe so it kind of folds up real nice and you can slide it under something or lean it against a wall and it's not in the way so I've recently taken up well I'm, I'm starting the hobby of oil painting I haven't started yet I bought colors, but then I realized I should probably buy a lot of white because using those colors just as they are is just going to be a lot. So I was like, I need to dilute most of that with some white. So anyways, yeah, so picked up that hobby and that's pretty much the only really the new thing. That's awesome. I want to see what you create when you create them. All right, I uh, I can't promise that it'll be pretty, but I'll. Uh, I didn't ask it to be. Over. I just want it to be original. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that's pretty much all that's new with me. So that's my update. So that leads us to an episode recap. Llewellyn, take it away. Yes. So this week we watched season three, episode thirteen, the one where Monica and Richard are friends. This episode was written by Michael Borkow. 
directed by Robbie Benson and originally aired on 1.30 of 1997. Monica and ex-boyfriend Richard meet by chance, and the lunch they go to leads to something more. Nice. So we kick off this episode with our soft open, and Monica is in a movie rental store, which it just had me all in my nostalgic feels. Yeah, it's... It's, like, so hard to believe that they're, like, not a thing anymore, you know? I I know. I think we've mentioned this before, but did you ever watch the Blockbuster, like, little series, like, the last Blockbuster series on Netflix, I think it was on? I didn't. No, I think we talked about this, it's, and I said that last time that I wanted to, and I haven't yet. Okay, it's, like, a short mini series. It might be, like, three episodes or something okay. like that, but it talks about... Blockbuster, you know, just overall how it came to be, its downfall, things that probably could have saved it if they had been intuitive thinking enough to have jumped on certain opportunities. And then the last Blockbuster in existence. And um, there's a little bit of drama at the end. Uh, So, yeah, it was it was pretty cool just because it felt nostalgic. But, yeah, Monica in the store had me feeling all the feels. (laughs) Because she came in, she's late, it's two minutes past the deadline, and she has to pay a late fee. It's only, you know, it's like six bucks. She only has three. But a shaved Richard shows up (laughs) as her knight in shining shining armor and saves her. He hands her the extra $3, and uh, they... They give a really big hug. Yeah, very to each big other. hug. That was a weird way to say it, but yeah, it was uh, it was intimate. <laughs> <laughs> so we then are in obviously the main part of the episode. Uh, they kind of you know cut to the intro, and then we're back same in the movie store, and essentially they're kind of walking around the store and people watching. They're joking around like this guy. He's in the classics right now, but as soon as we leave this area, you know he's going right back to the back in the adult porn. Now, ad- or porn, adult porn, I don't know, whatever, porn. porn. That was a lot of times <laughs> to say porn. Okay. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, did you ever have that in the stores that you went to? Like where you could obviously tell somebody was waiting to go there? No, just in, did you have the separate section in the back oh yes yes okay i remember i was trying to think we've talked about this on previous episodes but i remember like just always being so curious as a kid like i want to go in there but you weren't allowed to not because i wanted anything but because it's like it's a forbidden place to go and you know you want to go where it's forbidden sometimes right yeah you're like why can't i go in there i'm so curious I think I did in one, but when I was a littler, littler kid, I don't remember that being the case. I think Um, I always remember them having, like, I think that one did, too, in the show, but, like, curtains. Whereas, like, the one I remember we always went to, like, the adult section had curtains, but then the video game section didn't. So I was like, why does Mm. that one have a curtain, but this one doesn't? And, like, now as an adult, it makes sense, but. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um. So they're kind of, you know, joking. They're having fun. They're laughing again. It's been a while since they've seen each other. You know, Monica has sort of gotten over the hump of missing him. And 
they, you know, Richard's like, why? Let's go get a burger. And she's like, I just don't think that's a good idea. And he's like, I promise I won't grope you. <laughs> <laughs> just the brazenness of it. It was so funny to me that he's like, I promise I won't grope you. <laughs> As if like that was the only just like that was the only you know, way that she was going to agree right. to this, like, you know, get together. So, you know, it insinuates that they go out and get a burger together. Meanwhile, we jump over the next morning into the girl's apartment. And Chandler is making chocolate milk. And it's apparently the morning, right? Yeah. So Chandler's making himself some chocolate milk. And he offers it to Ross. And he's like, nope, I'm good. I'm 29 years old. <laughs> Don't make chocolate milk. And I was like, I literally had the thought the other day as I was walking through Costco that I should get Nesquik mix. There's nothing wrong with chocolate milk. That line that Ross said, I'm like, dude, no. If I want a glass of chocolate milk, I'll go get a glass of chocolate milk. I'm going to have a freaking glass of chocolate milk. Right. Okay. Question for you, though. You've gone dairy free. Mm -hmm. Do you make chocolate milk now even with, you know, like either oat or almond or cashew milk? Um, if I'm craving chocolate milk, there's a brand, I think it's called Ripple. Um, back Mm. in Michigan, only Target sold it. I haven't found it down here Ah. yet, but they have strawberry, normal white milk and chocolate milk and their chocolate milk. When I was training for that half marathon, I probably craved that more than anything else. So like at least once or twice a week, I would go and buy like a, a gallon thing of it and just like drink it all week wow yeah nice so it's really good um i here's my thing with chocolate milk i want chocolate milk to be in regular cow's milk but because i have limited the amount of cow's milk i drink i don't typically find myself buying cow's milk i usually will buy bulk almond milk and because you can usually keep it out of the fridge until you use it so i usually buy it in like a whole carton full or you know like there's like yeah what probably 12 different cartons of it because they last for like a year or two Mm -hmm. and i just use them up as i go but that means i'm not usually making chocolate milk out of like almond milk so the only time i'm really getting cow milk in my diet is when I have like lattes at at a cafe and that's just so that I don't become lactose intolerant <laughs> because <laughs> one of the ways that you can become lactose intolerant is by not having it yeah. and then your body's like nope bye so um were you a Hershey's syrup or a Nesquik kid uh, um I preferred Nesquik but mm-hmm. I mean, we bought, my parents bought both. So I, I had both, but I preferred Nesquik. Yeah, we were definitely Nesquik kids for sure. Um, I felt like even though it's a powder, it just stirred in the milk easier. It did. Something, I don't know. It did. I just liked the taste of it. The, the Hershey syrup tasted more like a cold version of hot chocolate, even though hot chocolate is also powdered. Right. For some reason, whatever the, like, whatever the, you know, uh, wow, what's it called? Whatever the ingredients were in it, there was some sort of, like, similarity the, between that and hot chocolate. Yeah, the powder just mixes better, too, I feel like. 
Because I feel yes. like the Hershey syrup, you know, it sinks to the bottom immediately. And then you have to stir it. And I feel like when it sits, it just like sinks again to the bottom. So you constantly have to stir it, which is always yeah. just annoying. But yeah. Uh, it's bringing me back to like a nostalgic memory of um, my mom. We would it would be my sister, me, my sister and my youngest sister. Um, we would like at night and this wasn't every night, but like once in a while, like as a treat. My mom would make us hot. Uh, mom would make us chocolate milk in just one big tall glass. It's like a sixteen ounce glass. So what we do, and this it wasn't like a ritual or anything, but like we would just find ourselves in the kitchen because we all wanted this, you know, milk chocolate milk. So we'd all like stand in a little circle in the middle of the kitchen and just pass the glass between <laughs> you know the three of us little girls and then my mom. But we'd also have a can of spray like whipped cream. And so, like, as you were, like, we just pass them around the circle, and, like, spray whipped cream in our mouth, you know, to eat that. And then eventually the chocolate milk would come around. We'd have a sip of that. And we'd just, like, pass it around until the chocolate milk was gone. That's a great memory. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was great. Uh, it makes me miss my mom. But, um, okay, so Ross, as a 29-year-old, needs to get his life together and stop being so prideful and just eat the dang chocolate milk mm-hmm. or drink it. Meanwhile, Rachel is complaining that she has to stay late. Well, Ross is really complaining that Rachel has to stay late to work. He kind of asks her, like, hey, are you going to be, like, late again? Like, what's going on? She's like, yeah, unfortunately, you know, you're starting a new job. So you're kind of just trying to fit it all in and get the flow down. And Rachel's like, I know, honey, but how about this? For every hour that I'm late, I'll wake you up in a way that has proved very effective in the past. And he's like, you know what? Take your time. (laughs) Take your time, my love. Um, So they reconcile really quick. Meanwhile, Phoebe also comes into the apartment and she is going to start doing some manly man stuff with the guy that she met in the park, I think. Right. Yeah. She wants to he's going to teach her how to be a jock was her words right right and she said we've kind of made an agreement he's going to teach me all the jock stuff and the boys are like and what have you agreed to give him and she's like i'm gonna let him (laughs) as if like that was the whole part of her agreement i couldn't decide if the way that she said it was it defensive as if like that was the truth or i'm gonna let him as a way to like not give away the idea that they were definitely gonna end up having sex i think it was just like the truth because i feel like that's how phoebe is she's like oh i'm gonna let him do it yeah and then the and then you know relational things happen later the monica who whose apartment this is is the (laughs) only one who's not actually (laughs) hanging out until she comes out of her room and she's all smiley and like, man, you got in late, Monica. And she's all like, I know, I hung up with Richard. And all of the friends are not a fan of this. No, they are not. She reveals to them that she's seen him tonight. So they're they're hanging out again. Or tomorrow night. Sorry, tomorrow night. But it's not a date. Um, she's going to teach him how to make lasagna and both Joey and Ross call her out. Mm-hmm. I think Ross says something about being naked friends. And then what does Joey mention? Do you remember? 
Uh, I don't remember what he said. Yeah, I don't either, but... Was it Joey that... I know he, like... Was it Joey that brought up the fact that she, you know, has been, like, trying to get over Richard for six months? Because there was... One of them mentioned something about, like... Oh! You know, you've I been... I think you're right. Trying to get over him for six months, and you, you don't you're think gonna that... you're going to reward yourself... Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're gonna reward yourself with a date <laughs> with the same guy like what an idiot yeah they were all like uh, she yeah, was no, trying to play point. that it was the innocent like it's just an innocent like dinner night and i'm teaching him how to do this and i'm helping him but all the friends are like yeah okay sure that's yeah. not what it is i mean haven't we all done that before haven't mm-hmm. you done that before yeah yeah I have. i've done it i've done it for sure no, we're just friends. No, we're not. Blah, blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> we can all do that when we know. It's funny because it's like, you already know. You it, it, The thing is, like, you already know the mm-hmm. right answer. Right. You are already an objective third party to your own story. Yeah. So when other people go to speak into it, you're sort of like, I already know. I already know that this is not a good idea. But the other part of you just wins over. But there's always this objective third party that's in the back of your mind and you already know that what you're doing is wrong. Yeah. So you get that's why you get a little defensive when your friends call it out because you're like, oh, I already know this. But now I feel like I have to dig my heels in deeper because this is what I want to do, even though I know better. Mm-hmm. Man, I lived probably most of my 20s <laughs> in that exact state. <laughs> Yikes. We go... Over to the guy's apartment. It's a little bit later in the day. Rachel comes in after the end of her work day and is asking Joey if they have any ice. He gives her a brilliant response. Hey, check the freezer. And if we don't have any, we're probably out. (laughs) (laughs) But she finds something in the freezer that does not belong. And what is that thing? It's the book, The Shining. Which every time I just I every time I hear those two words together, I just picture the cover for the movie in Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. It's just like one of those his face like coming through the door. Yeah, it's just one of those creepy like pictures. And every time I hear isn't, it, it's like isn't that Ugh. a Stephen King book? Yes. Yeah, I think I've so knocked it up just to like pop like pop culture. That I never have really thought about it as a Stephen King book first. Yeah. Because I've never read the book. Yeah. I've only seen, and I don't even know if I've seen the full movie, I'll be honest. Like, I've seen pieces of it for sure. Like, huge elements. But I've sort of forgotten the idea that, like, this is supposed to be, like, one of those suspense horror movies. Yeah. Type, you know, movies that, or books that he does. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really, have you ever read it? Have you ever seen it? I I think I've seen it. I've not read it. My dad is a huge like Stephen King reader. He loves all oh. of his books, so he's read it. Um, and I think that's probably why I watched it. But I don't think I've ever read it. But I did know it was a Stephen King book because of my dad. I think the only Stephen King book I ever read was uh, Secret Window. Which I think is Secret Garden, Secret Window, technically. Mm. Um, and it's only because I saw the movie with Johnny yeah, Depp in it. A, and I loved yeah, it. Yeah, that's a good movie. 
It was so creepy. I forgot about that movie, I'll be honest. I think I own it. I think I, I think do, I too. Own it. I think oh you do, because we both do. Oh, my gosh. I need to watch that stinking movie. It's been, it's probably, it's probably been five years since I've seen it. Yeah. At least. And I'd argue more than that. Man, I forgot about that movie. It's so good. It is. So creepy. Oh, man. Uh, okay, where were, where were we? Okay, so The Shining is in the freezer, and he put it, he puts it in there because he's scared. <laughs> yeah. So the the fact that, well, be, and because of this conversation, all of a sudden we get into this classic, like, I want you to like my book so much that I'm going to read yours so that you'll read mine. Mm-hmm. Because they get into this conversation where Rachel... You know, he's like, well, haven't you had a book that you've read over and over? And she's like, well, I guess Little Women. And he was like, well, okay, but like, this is The Shining. Like, this is so much better. And she's like, okay, okay, I'm going to read your book. And you're going to read Little Women. He's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. So is it like, are they, how little are they? Like, is it scary little? He's expecting them to be in the same category and like genre of book. Right. When they're definitely, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, very, very different books. I feel like they're the complete opposite, actually. Oh. oh, yeah. Now, there is like a fun little connect to this episode. So while the books... Okay, well, we haven't really gotten here yet, but... No, I'll wait. I'll wait until we get there. Which is, I think, the next scene anyway. So... It's, it's that classic versus classic, you know, conversation where you want to trade off. Have you ever done that with somebody for, you know, books or movies or anything like that? Um, no, not like a trade off, okay. but I have had, I mean, when I was younger, I was notorious and all my friends knew I would read a book halfway through and then not finish it. Um, what? Everything. Everything I read, <laughs> I'd get halfway through and I'd just stop. I don't know why. Well, and why? I don't know. Um, but I finally, and I mean, it took me a long time. Finally, when I was going off to college, one of my friends told me that I couldn't. It was the beginning of the summer. And he's like, I bet you can't read all the Harry Potter books by the end of the summer. And I was like, you want to bet? Watch me. I was so oh. I was so irritated. I was like, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I mean, if you know anything about Harry Potter, the first like three books are manageable. And then they get to be like these gigantic novels in the end. <laughs> But I didn't. Yeah, they they're massive. They're massive. I I did get through all of them, but it took me until about two months into summer or into the fall. So he technically mm-hmm. won, but I did finish them. Yeah, I feel like that's a good effort. Those books are literally like eight hundred pages a piece. I know. Yeah. Once you get past, and the it's first, like even yeah. if you even if you gain momentum, it's like they keep getting bigger. Mm-hmm. So like the first book is like the smallest book out of all of them. And then it's like the Arthur, the author, whatever her name is, J.K. Rowling was like, J.K., everybody, I'm going to make these twice as long each time I make it. So then (laughs) even if you're gaining momentum, you have more to read as you keep going. So I I hear you on that. I think it helped. I am. It helped that the movies all came out before I even started reading them because I would reward myself with, the movie once I finished the book. Oh, that's brilliant. So the hardest one was the seventh because I had to wait until both movies Oof. were out 
and I had to Oof. I had to read the whole book before I could watch either movie. Which, to be fair, the last one is like the book just drags until they get to what the last movie was about. But anyways, oh okay, that's beside the point. No, it is it is the point. I am currently in one of these conversations. It originated out of the Lord of the Rings versus Harry Potter conversation. Now, Llewellyn, you you know me. I am a very large Lord of the Rings fan. Yep. I attribute my indifference towards Harry Potter due to the fact that I did not watch them until I was in college. And by then, the kitty allure of growing up with characters who in, were in this magical land that had, you know, could have powers. Like, it was just past, I think, not only my age range, but also the genre of books that Harry Potter are. It's like, I, I can't relate as easily to, like, a protagonist like Harry Potter who's using magic to get by as I am with Frodo who's just like this plain ordinary hobbit who has people who come alongside him to help him and he's a protagonist that is very normal in his having to fight like this good versus evil. Now both stories have good versus evil. There's a lot of similarities between the two. Um, Some who are J.R.R. Tolkien fans or Tolkien sorry fans heavily would argue that there might be too much of a difference or similarities between Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. But besides the point, I just think I missed the onboarding ramp for Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Which led to a conversation with one of my coworkers who was like, I, the movies for Lord of the Rings are so long. I just, I was like fall asleep. And I was like, you know, so that, so my disinterest in Harry Potter and her disinterest in Lord of the Rings was like what brought us to this current agreement. So what we have both agreed to do is audiobook listen to each other's series. <laughs> so you're listening so to Harry she Potter. She is current. Uh huh. Well, I haven't I haven't got there yet because I don't have a library card and I'm not going to pay for them. Um, but you know how library cards will give you like audiobooks for free. Mm-hmm. I just I literally haven't gotten there yet. Um, I tried to get one. Because I don't have a Tennessee license right now. So I, I think I'm just going to have to wait till October until I get a Tennessee license. And then I'll go get one. But I, but I have more to read. So it's going to take me longer. But anyways. So I have promised her that I will listen to all of the Harry Potter books. And she has promised to listen to all of the Lord of the Rings books as well. And she so far has loved the books. So I'm very excited about that. Because I feel like that makes me secretly winning. Um, well, I feel like the same thing. The thing is, too, like the movie, any movie never does a book justice. And like when I right. like I remember watching the Harry Potter movies and the reason I, I told myself I was like, I will not watch the movie until after I've read the book because I don't well, one, I didn't want to spoil the book, but also I didn't want to like the movie and then like not like the book in a case, you know, and if you watch yeah. the Harry Potter movies, like the book. They, none of them do the book justice. Like, at, at one point, mm-hmm. they are, like, totally off what the book is even about. And I'm like, what is the point of this movie if you're not even going to follow what she says? But anyways, yeah, that's sure. awesome. I'm also reading them right now, so. 
but I'm physically reading them, not listening to them. Lord of the Rings? No. Harry Potter. Oh, Harry Potter. Yeah. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I wanted something just, like, lighthearted. I've already read. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I need to read Lord of the Rings again. I haven't done that since I was in, like, early high school, I think. So it's been... (laughs) It's been a minute. No, I've watched the the movies, like, 150 times through, but I have not read the book in a while. Okay, we've taken up a lot of real estate with Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. So... Let's jump to the cafe where Phoebe's date is wearing shorts. It is in, like, what, fall or winter? Yeah. You can tell it's cold outside because they're coming in, like, coats. And, I mean, essentially the the thing of this, you know, one... Sorry. The thing of this one scene is that Chandler is... Has... He has full view access into... Uh, this man's penis. <laughs> and Chandler brings Ross immediately into the conversation. He's like, uh, this guy, come over here. He's showing brain, which is the, that is the worst phrase. <laughs> well, he starts with Robert's coming out. He's like, what? Like, you mean he's gay? He's like, hey. <laughs> no, like he's coming out. I don't remember what he said next, but <laughs> Ross is like, what are you, what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not getting it at all. Yeah, so he says he's showing brain as the way for Ross to like get on board, but Ross has to check it out for himself. He's like, I don't, I don't know if I believe you. So he like is asking him what he wants again. It's just like two coffees, the easiest order. He's like, what, what can I get you guys again? And he's like, just, just coffee. Do you want me to write it down? He's like, no, that's okay. And he awkwardly like bends down to look and then like immediately turns away and he's like yep yep that's happening (laughs) so these two guys are in on the conversation and later they're going to be bring joey into it so the girls in the girls apartment monica's teaching richard to make lasagna they're squeezing tomatoes together their hands touch such a romantic moment he gets a little tomato on his shirt she scrubs it right off and they share a pretty lovingly loving glance they sure do (laughs) and I guess I, I mean, I think she knows what's happening, but it's just like... Oh, they're playing with fire, Right, sure. it's just like, Monica, this type of thing is what people do on dates. Like, this is a date. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yep, it's for sure a date. And it's a, it's a pretty quick scene. Yeah. You know, there's just, he's just like... You know, they're just talking about the event and what they should do if he gets compliments and all that stuff. So we jump back to the cafe and Joey is reading Little Women and he really likes it. Um, but he's a little confused about all the names in the book. And as they're explaining now, the first time I watched Friends all the way through, I had not seen or read Little Women. Yeah. I mean, but if you in, don't know the oh book, God. it can be confusing. Yeah. So in what was it 2019 or 2020 with the newest release of little women yeah i think it was early 2020 like pre-covid i think so too i think it was like right before Mm -hmm. i went and saw the movie finally i was like you know what like i've heard enough about this we've had like five releases of this movie since i've been alive i feel like i should probably like give it a shot i see it in all the classic book sections but it's never been one that I'm like, ooh, let me read that. Yeah. So I finally decided to. And now when they're explaining it, when Joey's walking through it, I know exactly what they're talking about now. But the first time, mm-hmm. 
I sort of got lost in his own confusion. And the names are messed up. Lori is a guy. Joe is a girl. <laughs> and Joey thinks at one point that Joe's a lesbian because she likes Lori. But, oh, Lori's a guy. Like, oh, wait a minute. What? So he's just like, <laughs> he like has to like dive deeper in the book. He's like, no wonder Rachel has to read this so many times because it's so confusing. Poor Joey just doesn't get it. Now, Phoebe is back with her guy. And in in this specific scene, I was just like, I don't like this guy for Phoebe at all. He just seems kind of like he. OK, this is my really strong language. And it's not really that strong. But he just seems like he in real life, if you met someone like this, I could see him being like a dick. Yeah, I could definitely see that. It's hard because they got just portray him as the butt of the joke the entire episode. But just like looking at his face, I was like, he would just probably be like a douchebag in real life and just unwarrantedly mean. I don't know. It's more of like an assumption of who like and maybe, you know, he could play that character just really well. And that's why I'm saying it. But I don't know. I just didn't. I just don't like him. Yeah, he does come across kind of like that. Yeah. And so he tells he tells Phoebe he needs to make a call. There's a phone in the back. Do you need quarters? Nope, I've got one right in my sock here. And Chandler is, of course, sitting right there again. And he tries to avoid it because he literally puts his leg up on the same armrest that Chandler is Chandler's face is right next to. So he tries to avoid it and completely leans on Joey, who's trying to read this book, and he pushes him. He's like, will you just get off of me? And as Joey pushes him to the other side of the couch, he goes with him and sees exactly what Chandler is seeing. He's like, okay. And he automatically introduces himself to the guy. He's like, okay. So the guys are laughing and Phoebe comes over. And I sort of felt for her in this, you know, scene or in this part of the scene because, I mean, isn't it kind of a vulnerable thing? you know, to bring a guy you like into your group and you find out they're laughing at him and it kind of makes you feel insecure about your choice. Like, did you feel it all for Phoebe in this moment? Because I definitely did. Yeah, I mean, I could, I can definitely see where it could be frustrating, you know, especially the guys, I feel like too. Like, hey, I'm bringing another guy because like I want you guys to like get to know him and maybe he can be a part of our group Mm -hmm. if we're together. So I can get where it's like, okay, all you're doing is laughing every time he comes in. Like, what is up? And so I, yeah, I I could definitely see, you know, feel kind of bad for Phoebe. Yeah. I just felt bad for her for a second. She's like, what? Why are you guys, why are you guys laughing? Like, what's wrong? I'm like, oh, poor Phoebe. She's probably just feeling a little insecure because her friends are laughing at her bow. But Ross doesn't miss a beat he makes a little don't get testy joke which is just fuel for the fire um that's happening um as these guys are laughing now what's what i hated about the scene and i thought was just like a throwaway and so stupid is that in order for phoebe to see what they're seeing chandler asks for him to pass the cookies and as a way to like pass the cookies he puts his like on the table to like reach forward which is so not a natural way to pass cookies right yeah because you're 
Like, he's trying to lean forward in the direction of something that he's raising, which would then block his ability to, like, reach forward farther. I just thought that was such a stupid way to make him show. Yeah. Like, to show Phoebe what's happening. I mean, it's effective for the scene, obviously, but I was like, none of that movement makes any natural sense. Like, it's against all things that you would do. In fact, in order to pass something, you'd probably scoot your butt back further into the chair to give yourself more leverage like forward you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but anyways that was just a pet peeve of mine we go right upstairs to the girl's apartment and monica is cleaning talking to richard on the phone and she you can tell she's sort of just trying to convince herself and him that this platonic friendship is is really the way to go yeah and i think she's well, she's cleaning at the moment, and I feel like when anytime something is like stressing Monica out or too much for Monica, we find her cleaning or organizing mm. or doing something like that. So I just found it interesting that when she was having this conversation, she was very visibly mm-hmm. cleaning her apartment. Wow, I didn't think about that. Yeah, maybe it's yeah, just because I do totally the same thing sense. sometimes. <laughs> so, mm. but. Yeah. Like you clean when you're stressed? Yeah, like clean or if I'm stressed, I'll organize everything like to make it, you know, to, to like systematically make everything work, like what I have control over. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah. So he's like, are you sure that this is the right thing? And And she hears a knock on the door while she's, you know, talking to Richard on the phone. And she's like, yeah, this is smart. We're doing it the smart way. Like, she is so trying to convince herself that they're doing the right thing. But all of a sudden, she opens the door, and who's standing at the frickin' door? Richard. Richard's there. He's like, are you sure? And so, of course, in the humor, she's like, I'll call you back. (laughs) (laughs) Hangs up the phone and leans in, and we have crossed the threshold, literally and figuratively, of the friendship threshold or the relational threshold. Um, now it's a quick cut scene. They're in bed. They've now agreed and sort of become friends with benefits. This is going to be what they're going to do. And Monica finds out that Richard is going on a blind date, um, but... They, he's not going to cancel and he's not going to cancel because they are just friends. Why would he cancel for her if they are just friends? So you can already tell they're emotionally like getting involved and starting to go right back, back down that same route. Yeah. Which that's a tough place to be when you've already dated someone, you liked them a lot, and then you go back to it when really you know that you're not going to end up together mm-hmm. that's tough i've i've done that once and it was not good same hmm. uh back in the pack uh back in the cafe the friend what's his name robert yeah <laughs> i, I think so him robert friend. okay thank you robert is picking up phoebe and she's like oh no no don't sit down uh, I got you a gift. And Chandler is sort of narrating while this is happening. And he opens the gift, is like, oh, this is really sweet, but I can't wear them because I feel like I'm on display, which is really ironic based on the current circumstances of this group. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Joey comes in. Wait, why does Joey come in laughing at him? Wait, why did I write that? Joey comes in. Oh, maybe he's just like giggling. He comes in. Yeah. And sits down and he's talking about the book. I think. Did he? Or I think Joey was laughing. I think Joey comes in and was laughing maybe when he says, like, I feel like I'm on display. Maybe I was just commenting that, like, Joey's laughing at that. Mm, maybe. Um, now, someone is asking about The Shining. Is it I think Rachel? it's Rachel. Wow. Yeah, this is the scene I where Rachel is starting notes. to talk about The Shining. Yeah. And Take it away, because <laughs> apparently I wrote crappy notes for myself. No, you're good. Um, and Joey is excited about the point of the book where she's at so he starts to talk mm. about the book to the guys and rachel's like whoa, 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 whoa don't do like don't ruin it for me so joey's response is oh i'll just talk in code and so he starts talking about the book but he's like mm. very terribly talking about the book in code and to to the yeah. point where he finally just starts talking about the book and basically ruins it the entire thing for mm-hmm. rachel so to get back at him rachel basically tells him the whole plot about um joe and Lori, Lori proposing mm-hmm. well, i'm not gonna well if they watch this episode they know Lori proposes to joe she says no even though she's really in love with him and then he marries amy yeah that whole thing and joey's like appalled like what what why would you do that and i don't he says something else yeah, I think he says something about the dad burning down oh, yeah. the hotel. Yeah, he starts to ruin the book even more. And she looks right at him and is like, yeah, well, Beth dies. And he's like, <gasps> take that back. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> he's so bummed about it. He gets so instantaneously sad. And she ruins it just for like out of spite. Like it's so like venomous the way that she you know delivers us like well beth dies and then she snatches the shining book off the coffee table like she knows she's won Mm -hmm. and but then ross the best part is ross turns to her and is like hey honey why are you ruining the only book that joey actually enjoys that doesn't involve joe or yeah what's his name oh jack mickelson Mickelson. Yeah, they have to like, he's like, are you telling me that like, you're lying? Tell me that you're lying. And yeah, Ross, I think even Chandler, like they both are like, no, Joey. Like they kind of have to calm him down so that he'll keep reading. Yeah. You know, the book because she's just ruined it. And she she like kind of regretfully like, no, she's going to be fine <laughs> in order to get him to like calm down. Right. At this time. Robert comes back and, oh, he forgot his keys. And he bends over in front of all of the friends, revealing all of himself to all of the friends. So Rachel at this point has not heard of any of that. And so she's just getting the the blunt force trauma, really, <laughs> of that. Yeah, the full on view. All at the same time. Like she had no context going into that bend over. Yeah. Um. Now, upstairs, uh, Rachel is reading The Shining, and it scares her when Monica comes in. She grabs, like, a lamp stand or something like that to, like, because she just is all jumpy. Uh-huh. 
And Monica's had a long day. She's complaining. She lost, you know, one of her boobs to a grill fire. And Rachel's like, Rachel knows that something's about, like, something's up. And Monica, you know, doesn't really realize what's happening because Rachel makes a comment. And she's like, you know, I doubt my day's going to get any better. And who is waiting for her in the room? Richard. But Richard. With wine and sex and flower petals. <laughs> if they weren't just friends, that'd be really romantic. But they're just friends. Yes, as we've heard about who, a thousand times. Yes, who are, again, playing with fire. This is a very romantic thing to do for a friend. Yeah. So you know that they know that they're not doing this friendship well. Oh, yeah. Uh, they go back down to the cafe, or we jump down, and Phoebe needs the guys to tell Robert, but they won't do it. And so she's about to break up with him. Uh, the guys kind of ditch her sitting there, and Gunther is the one that tells him off. He goes, hey, this is a family place. Put the mouse back in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Just so casually. It was the perfect way to add in Gunther because we haven't seen him in an episode for a while. His appearances are unfortunately way too short. And it was probably one of the longest lines we've literally heard him say. Mm -hmm. But he's like, hey, buddy, this is a family place. Put it back. And the guy realizes that, you know, Phoebe's kind of laughing. The guy realizes, you know, that, you know. It's, it's kind of like all in one fell swoop. Like it's over between Phoebe. He realizes what everyone's been kind of like, you know, laughing at, things like that. Um, now, in the last scene uh, of the main part of this episode, we are, Monica's essentially repaying the favor of, you know, the benefits of being friends. She's over at Richard's place and is decorating it's exactly copy paste there's roses there's wine there's candles and oh another woman as well is all of a sudden with him in the house um he opens the door you can kind of hear him progressively walking this woman through his apartment here's the kitchen here's the living room and she's like but what about the bedroom and he's like go yeah it's just okay it's a bedroom so he opens the door and very quickly notices that Monica is definitely under the covers as he's sort of... And you know how, like, your brain can take stuff, like, information in so fast? Yeah. So my guess is that in a, in a scene like this, what they're processing through is you just... You're, you're opening the door, and as you're opening the door, you're seeing candles lit, rose petals everywhere... You know you just did this for Monica. There's a huge lump under your bed that's moving. And so you instantly are like, oh, shoot. So he closes the door before the woman can even really get a view into the room. And is like, well, there it was, just a normal bedroom. And so he kind of rushes her out. He's like, I'm really tired. I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> like, Rushes her out as soon as he realizes Monica's in there. And I have to ask. How much did those flowers cost? Have we not talked about that on the show already? I think we have, because flowers are not cheap. 
And they're all roses, she, which are so expensive. And she lives in New York City in, an, in a fantastic mm-hmm. apartment, great location, and she has a lousy job. Yeah, she works at a diner. Yeah, and she's a chef. There's... Right. There's, like, there's no way that that she's affording all of those flowers. No. Um... And, like, to set that up, how many candles you'd have to buy, the time to set it up. Like, she'd been prepping. And now, you know, she's under the covers. He kind of comes, like, walking slowly in, sits on the bed. And she's like, so who is she? It's the blind date. They had to reschedule. She's like, oh, do you like her? And they sort of start this dialogue where Monica is... Proposing the idea that maybe they're friends who don't see other people. Maybe we're friends that live together. And maybe at some point we can be friends that stand in front of our other friends (laughs) and commit to each other for the rest of our lives. (laughs) To be friends forever. So you know she's talking about like, what if we start dating you know, what if we get married? Right. And Richard has to bring up kind of the cold hard facts. Like, nothing has changed. Yeah. She's like, well, that's not true. You don't have a mustache anymore. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that is true. I don't have a mustache anymore. But everything else, everything else is the same. Which takes a lot to admit. I mean, you've let yourself get into this little whirlwind of a romance, knowing that it was not a good idea. And at some point, you'd have to face the facts. And here they are. Um, yeah, so they decide that they should break up. And also have breakup sex real quick. Right. Like, like one more time. Just one for the road. Just for good measure. Uh, okay, anything that you didn't mention? Nope. That you wanted to backtrack on? Nope. Okay, okay. I'm reading your notes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, all right, the tag scene. Why don't you close us out with the tag scene? Yeah, so. I'm gonna make you do it. Sad day. Joey walks into the girl's apartment just with Mm -hmm. a little gloom on his face and he tells Rachel Beth is sick and I I don't think anything's gonna get better and she comforts him tells him it's gonna be okay and then asks him Joey do you want me to put the book in the freezer for a while and he just nods his head and says yes it was a very sweet moment between two friends but Joey gets to the that end of the book. That is very sweet. <laughs> yeah. He does. I love that. I love that they both decided to do it for each other. Yeah. Um. Okay. A couple of... Well, no. Sorry. Let's... Well, I'll do fun facts first before we rate it. Okay. Fun facts about this episode. So the tie-dye shirt that Phoebe wears is a Grateful Dead Lithuania basketball shirt. In 1992, Lithuania, newly independent from the Soviet Union, 
did not have enough funds to send its basketball team to the Olympics. The Grateful Dead heard about this and took it upon themselves to raise the money to get them to the Olympics. And in thanks, the Lithuanian basketball team sported tie-dye jerseys. They went on to win the bronze in Barcelona. That's a super cool story. Um, another one, when Joey is talking to Ross and Chandler in the coffee shop about The Shining, he, referenced, uh, he references the twins in the hallway. However, they do not appear in the book. Uh-oh. Yeah. Someone read the cliff notes of the movie. Yeah. Whoopsie. Um, okay, now one of the video boxes seen in the video store is Beauty and the Beast, 1991, in which the Beast is voiced by Robbie Benson, who also directed this episode. Right? Didn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Perfect. Awesome. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I mean, he probably placed it there on purpose, but, you yeah. know, it's like a fun tie-in. Now... While, okay, while the books Rachel and Joey are reading are a part of the storyline, Ross is seen reading a book in Central Perk. So we all know that Rachel and Joey agree to read each other's favorite books. Rachel reads The Shining by Stephen King. Joey reads Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. The book Ross is reading is Race, colon, How Blacks and Whites Think and Feel About the American Obsession by Studs Terkel. How appropriate is that book right now? <laughs> Yeah. Interesting. I'd be interested to see, like, how, like, does it carry on well? Like, does it age well? Or is it more of, like, an evergreen book? You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Now, in the opening scene, uh, obviously, we talked about it being in a video store. When Monica is talking to the clerk behind the counter, a movie poster for the film One-on-One which was from 1977, starring Robbie Benson, can be seen hanging on the wall behind the counter. Benson directed this particular episode, along with several others during the show's run. So he did a lot of propaganda for himself in this episode. Sure did. <laughs> Jeez, Robbie. <laughs> Although when you're, when you're directing a very famous show, I guess you can do what you want. Yeah. You can put whatever you want up there. Now, I had this question, so I'm really glad that I have uncovered the answer to this. Richard, a.k.a. the loving, the all-loving, wait, the way, the one that we love, Tom, okay. Richard, who's played by Tom Selleck, who we all love. I was trying to find a funny way to say that. Is obviously without his iconic mustache because he had shaved it off for the movie In and Out, which was a 1997 film. I had a feeling it had something to do with he was in something else. I know. I thought so, too. They probably didn't know quite when he would show up again. And, you know, in his contract, they didn't, you know, shows now, I feel like, would have just thrown a fake mustache on him for continuity um, if they really needed it. But it's not as needed, I guess. And it makes like a good talking point at one point. Now, unofficially, um, alternatively, this episode is known as the one with the book spoilers or the one with Phoebe's boyfriend's shorts. <laughs> That's a lot of possessives. Phoebe's boyfriend's shorts. Yeah. Um, okay. 
Now, while Joey is discussing the shining with Chandler and Ross, obviously with Rachel present, so as to not give anything away, he quotes, all blank and no blank makes a blank a blank blank. However, this is not in the book, only the movie. Pages and pages of all work and no play make Jack a dull boy that the wife, played by Shelley Duvall, discovers. So somebody in this writing script saw the movie and thought, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the movie in here <laughs> and not make it book accurate at all, apparently. That's uh, funny. I know that is funny. Um, okay, a couple of crossovers. There's a lot in this episode. A couple of crossovers. Rachel and Joey um, read Little Women. Little Women, 1994, starred Susan Sarandon and Winona Ryder, each of whom later guest star on Friends in 94. Um, Ryder played Rachel's sorority sister, Melissa Warburton, on uh, in the one with Rachel's big kiss. Sorry, that was in 2001. And then Sarandon plays a soap star, Jessica Lockhart, replaced by Joey in The One with Joey's New Brain, 2001. So both of them come back, play in Friends in 2001, and they were both in the 1994 movie of Little Women. Now, during the opening scene as well in the video store, in the background, Cobra, 1986, can be seen in the section marked Children when Children is an R-rated movie. And then I've got two more here. Ross's age is inconsistent throughout the series. I think we have said this before, but I'm going to make it because they made a specific reference to it in this episode. In the first episode, the one where Monica gets a roommate, Ross says he is 26, implying he was born in 1967. In episode, um, the one where Richard and Monica are just friends, which we, you know, just watched, he says he's 29. In the next season, however, in the episode, the one where they're going to party, he says he's 29 again, implying that he was born in 1968. Furthermore, in season five, the one where Phoebe hates PBS, he says he's about to get divorced again before his 30, implying he is still 29 and born in 1969. Also, in episode um, four of season eight, the one with the videotape, he claims that he backpacked across Europe in 1983, then whispers to himself, I was 13, implying he was born in 96, sorry, in 69 or 70. So there's a lot of non-continuity when it comes to Ross's age. Literally, it ranges between, it's a four-year range of when he was born. Essentially, the youngest you know, the, the youngest year that they imply, I guess that's three to four years. The youngest that he they imply he was born in 67 and the oldest is 1970. So there is a three slash four year gap depending on when in 67 they are saying he was born. Um, okay. Last, last fun fact. It makes no sense that Joey would get confused by the gender of the characters from Little Women since despite his low intelligence, he would have read the articles referring to either Lori or Joe. So today we would call those pronouns and they would say she said to him or he said to her. So that kind of makes sense, I guess, now that I think of it. 
That was a lot. Yeah. And with that, to get me to stop talking, how would you rate this episode? Yes, I would probably, I would probably rate this episode a how you doing, only because, mm. I mean, it's a big one for Monica. Um, I mean, I think of all the plot lines, like that's really the only prominent one, um, mm-hmm. which is probably why they named it after Monica and Richard. So I think it's a good one to watch. Um just because we kind of see her slip up, we see them slip up, and then it kind of just helps make that storyline, you know, kind of continue, but also like, okay, we need to stop. Like, this is it. And it was just realistic. I mean, that happens to people probably more than yeah. we realize. And so I think just to like kind of humanize the situation, um, it's kind of an important one to watch. I think the rest of the storylines were kind of just add ons to help make that one not as deep and as. You know, because we have to have the comedy in Friends. So I think the other two plot lines were like to kind of help keep the comedy alive. So I would rate it that strictly on the Monica and Richard plot line. Yeah, Um, I would I would rate it a high. How are you doing? I was I enjoyed this episode. I think normally I would uh, critique the Robert one-off typically in some of my ratings I've probably done that when there's like one-off random things with Phoebe that they don't carry on into other episodes or you know storylines with her I'm always like super critical of that um but because the Monica and Richard storyline and I even like the Joey Rachel storyline like I thought it was funny I thought it was realistic too like you know people like to trade off books and movies and you know, find something that they've, you know, never read before and relate to someone on a different level. And then spoiler alerts, you know, like how many times have you gotten something spoiled and you're like so mad because you're like, I was going to get there, but like, dang, now, now I'll filter the rest of what's happening based on that spoiler. So I thought it was a really, I was entertained. Like this one was really easy to be entertained by, even though I don't really like the storyline of Robert, I thought it was funny because of the way that the guys made it like a big deal. And then Gunther just like passively was like, put it away, buddy. <laughs> it was like over. Um, so, yeah, I would agree with you, Llewellyn. How you how you doing? Um, OK, post show wrap up. Did you do one last week? I do not remember. I did not. That being the thing. OK, did you have one? you did didn't you uh Ooh. wait what a recommend or yes. a spotlight Saf- uh safudin did you do that one i did i oh. no i don't know i think you had it written in, in the notes so i don't i think i do it again no i did not okay i'm gonna butcher the name um safudin jirwala um on Instagram, underscore S-A-I-F-E-E-N-T-S-Z underscore. Looks like a double underscore on both sides. On Instagram, you reached out to us back at the beginning of July. And you said, I listened to the first episode today and it was awesome. The way you guys explaining the characters. Thanks for this podcast. Keep it up. It's awesome. My favorite part was, now Llewellyn, you're going to laugh at this. My favorite part of the first episode, or at the beginning, was pro tip of the day by Phoebe, be honest to your friends. 
So we said, wow, like good for you for sticking with it. We've already changed a lot since then for the better we think. And glad that you didn't bail after that first episode. <laughs> glad you're along for the ride. And they said, no, I didn't bail out. Three episodes already done. And that was, again, back in July. So over a month and a half ago. So hopefully, uh, gosh, say food in. Um, hopefully you're a little bit further along into season at least two so that you're past all the cringiness of us as we kept getting better and better. So thank you for reaching out. We appreciate it. We love uh, hearing from you guys. And that is our social media spotlight. Now, recommend to a friend. I know you just did one, Llewellyn, and you usually have a little bit more trouble, but do you happen to have one for tonight? <laughs> I don't have one for tonight. Okay. I will recommend something that I recently signed up for. It's called The Nudge. It's a texting app where ambassadors from your city, it's a free app that you sign up for, a free texting app. And when you sign up, they commit to send you two texts per month with something to do in your designated city. Now, they're not everywhere. Right now, it's a United States thing, and they're typically major cities. Um, but they commit to sending you two texts per week that have um, ideas in your city of things to do. So um, where you can find, you know, art and nature and, you know, restaurants and just fun things in your city that you might not know about as a way to maybe shake up your, I don't know what we're doing this weekend, ruts that we can get into with your girlfriends, with date nights, um, with couples nights, whatever you want to do. It's called The Nudge. It's a free texting app. I will place the link in our show notes so that you can easily kick, uh, click through the, to that. Pick the city that you're either closest to or maybe you know you want to visit. And that way when you get there, you might have accumulated a bunch of ideas of fun things to do in the city that locals would know and recommend to you. So it's called The Nudge. I'll put my link in the show notes. And um, I hope you have a blast. So that was something fun that I found this week. Awesome. Anything Anything else? No, we'll leave it at that. Perfect. All right. Well, next week we're going to cover the one with Phoebe's ex-partner. Yeah. So until, so we will see you next week on the One with Friends podcast. <laughs>